tolerances start causing issues. And the other thing is like the surface quality and the roughness. Some of the carbons they used aren't really up to the hardness challenges of being something pressed in and out. Oh, okay. So, you know, when we get a bike in for repair that has a press fit issue, it's amazing how they're kind of start getting like wore down Mm -hmm. and it'll go from, you know, generally a press fit shell should have a 45.95 millimeter internal diameter just about and when they get wore out they get up to like 46.1 not massive but it's enough and then some we've seen that are way beyond that trash but hello everybody and welcome to the carbon queries the interactive show where we ruckus composites answer your carbon fiber related questions you can submit online using the hashtag carbon queries or directly to us through email So we're back, Carbon Queries, episode 23. We're in the studio, because we get to say that now. It's a studio. Because what we did, we're going to brag, we upped our sound quality. I'm sure you all noticed in this episode. It sounds so much better. It sounds really good. It sounds the best it ever has, actually. So yeah, yeah, we are in studio. We're taking your questions. This episode is going to be all about the bottom bracket. Why it creaks, why it doesn't creak, what's better, grease, Loctite, all that kind of stuff. So we have two questions from two individuals, Sam Burdick and Daniel Grooms. They both submitted a question about bottom brackets, so we thought it would be best served for everybody to answer them in the same episode. So that's what we're going to do. The first question from Sam, for a press fit situation like this, does Ruckus feel that grease or sleeve locking compound is best? If grease, which type? If sleeve locker, what type? Uh, Our next question is a little bit longer. It's from Daniel Grooms. Basically, he's asking and saying that when he's on group rides with his buddies, inevitably everybody's bike that has a carbon press fit bottom bracket will start creaking on rollers or climbs. Even with the addition of he and his friends upgraded Praxis or Wheels MFG bottom brackets, it's only a matter of time before the nagging creak returns. Is this a tolerance or load bearing issue and do you recommend the use of a slip fit bearing compound or a grease like a Loctite 609 or 620? So those are our questions. Where should we start? I want to start at a little different spot with a question to you. Great. When I'm sure your bike has made a sound at some point. I have had, I have had to play Chase the Creek. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And what has it ended up being sometimes? For me, both cases, it was my headset. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I just went kind of this through on my bike the other day. On your, your, your my ru- road bike. Okay. Sean's ruckus made road bike yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, I kind of thought it was the bottom bracket as well. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm surprised that's creaking. It ended up being the rear axle. Was it just dried out? No. What? No. It was uh, oh, the quick release. I had the original quick release, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of a quick release snob. Yeah, you love your DTs. Yeah, so I put one in and took care of it. <laughs> Have, have I told this story before? No, but, in, but I know you love your DTs. Yeah, those DT RWS skewers. Otherwise, my hub and quick release interface, I don't know if it just wasn't tight enough, and I would tighten the heck out of it sometimes, and it would still creak on me. So I'm just going to say, and it was only uphill. Oh, okay. That yeah. was Daniel's question. Well, yeah. So, I mean, creaking the bottom bracket is an easy culprit. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the source. Was your creaking rhythmic? It was. Okay. Because it was with hard pedal strokes because it would be the rear wheel. Oh. 
So that's why I thought it was my bottom bracket. Okay. And I was like, there's no way. I built this bike. I know what this bottom bracket is. I assembled it. It has a great wheels manufacturing. Mm. Okay. The thread type bottom brackets. And I couldn't figure it out. And saddles creak a lot. Pedals creak a lot. And if your pedals are kind of worn out, they'll surprisingly can create a sound like a creaking bottom bracket. So question for you then. Go on. Because you asked me one. Yeah. Do carbon bikes make those do, do they exaggerate those creaking sounds? Oh, like do they act as... Um, like a sound conductor. Um, woo woo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. You said that and I thought of a train. Yeah. Um, that guy is a, a sound, sound amplifier. Is that the right... It resonator is what I would think. Okay. And maybe it depends on the bike. Not necessarily. Um, but it's not a given thing that because it's a carbon bike, it's going to radiate sounds louder than a steel or I tie I mean, it bike. could. Some of those down tubes are massive. Okay. Like some of those big specialized Shiv or Cervelo P5 down tubes, mm-hmm. you know, they almost acted like a musical instrument. Yeah. But okay. I don't think they're going to resonate a creak. That's a great question. Okay. No, but I just wanted to bring up the point that often when you're chasing creaks, it, I mean, it very well could be the bottom bracket there. But it's we'll, not, we'll but, jump into that in a second. But, but it's but. not necessarily the bottom bracket. No, I look for easy things first. Uh, saddles are known for creaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Seat posts, known for creaking. And that was the first time I ever had a rear hub wheel interface creak. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I don't know how I kind of figured it out. Just kind of obsessive noise following. Oh, that's Chase the Creek. It is. Our listeners think, will understand. Yeah. And yeah. I know that bike very well, so. Yeah. When you create your own bike, you know all of your own issues and everything you created. So seat posts and saddles are commonplace to check. Pedals are common. Pedals are common. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't changed your cleats in a year, it's probably time. Okay. You know, it's the joke of, you know, I wear ride Shimano pedals. And you kind of forget what they feel like when you put new cleats in. And you're like, I'm really stuck in here. Oh. <laughs> you're like, whoa. And it's so much easier to get into. Yeah. With my road ones, I'm like, God, I used to be so much better at clipping in. And I'm like, time to change these. Yeah. And it's a cheap part. It's one of those things you're like, I should just do this every six months. But I don't. Every six months? I ride a lot. That seems like a lot. To change pedals? Yeah. I mean, they're a cheap plastic wear item. Yeah. It still seems like a lot. Maybe cleats? Oh, not change your pedals. Sorry. What did I say? You said pedals. Sorry, I meant cleats. Okay. That's yeah. why. Okay. I'm, oh, on, board. Go, oh, I'm I, on board with you now. I go through so many pedals <laughs> yeah. over here. It's like, what? you never seen my pedal yard. Yeah. Sean's pedal yard in the yeah. back. Take a look. Hey, yo. Oh, oh boy. You pick. Yeah. <laughs> Is the axle still good on this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does the seatbelt retention work? Oh, good for parts. Yeah. Parts only. Okay, so we're actually talking about replacing your cleats, Sorry. not your pedals. Correct. I was also confused, listeners. Mm. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Good old Uncle Dan was also a little lost Uncle on Uncle Dan. That. Yeah. That's true. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Podbean. Uh, um, but let's jump into this topic. It's a good one. It is a good one. You know, I did a little research. Um, I didn't know that Park Tools, you know, Big Blue. Mm-hmm. Big legal sue you blue. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin's gonna get you. Calvin's gonna get you. Um, they make a retaining compound. I mean, they make a handful of ones that are just rebottled Loctite, but and they even say what they are, and it is those similar compounds. But mm-hmm. it's interesting they have that as a solution. And you know, thinking about you know why a press fit bottom bracket can creak. Typically, the bottom bracket is a much easier part to make to high tolerance because it's a round thing 
and round things are very easy to make. But the frames themselves can have, depending how they're made, you know, if they have a what's known as what I call a one-part bottom bracket shell, where the whole press fit shell is a single tube like what we use, mm-hmm. you know, it'll look like a can on its side. It's a single made shell. Those can be made incredibly high tolerance because they're wrapped around a metallic mold and then created and removed and then installed in the bike or bonded into the bike. Another type of bottom bracket shell in carbon bikes is what I call a two-part shell. That's where the left side or the non-drive side and the right side, the drive side, are molded as two separate parts when the bike's originally made. And those can be okay, but there's a chance for, you know, kind of what I call axial, or there's a lot of different types of misalignment. You can have like angular, where both faces won't be necessarily in the same plane. You can have um, kind of, you could call it concentric, where their center lines are off. Some people would call that axial. Those are the two big ones, which actually, you know, they're tolerances start causing issues and the other thing is like the surface quality and the roughness some of the carbons they used aren't really up to the hardness challenges of being something pressed in and out oh okay so you know when we get a bike in for repair that has a press fit issue it's amazing how they're kind of start getting like wore down Mm -hmm. and it'll go from you know generally a press fit shell should have a 45.95 millimeter internal diameter just about and when they get wore out, they get up to like 46.1. Not massive, but it's enough. And then some we've seen that are way beyond that and trashed. But um, we're all humans. But so it sounds like so it sounds like this is kind of the answer to one of Sam's original questions. Is this is this a tolerance issue? Oh, it's Daniel's question. Oh, but, excuse me. Um, yes. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play. It's, I mean, it, it is a tolerance issue. It's yeah. It sounds like it can be tolerance. It sounds like it can be load. Yeah. And, you know. I mean, I'm sure it's. Yeah, the load will exacerbate a tolerance issue. Mm -hmm. So like when I made my bike or any of my bikes, or when we do a repair on a bottom bracket shell, we put one of those single carbon tube shells in, and they're great. They do have a little bit of a, um, you know, because they're a a woven material, Mm -hmm. you know, which is really good for a shell. You get that hoop strength. And they can have like some slight surface, you know, that's another area is like the surface roughness. You know, you don't, you want something kind of rough, but not too rough because then it's kind of loose if it's rough you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's where something like a slip fit compound or a, the there's a green loctite series or the park tool one seems to really do a good job i've never used it personally i've never had a need to but what it does it helps fill any surface irregularities between the two parts and basically increase the surface interface or interference fit which is a good thing so in theory you should definitely not use grease under any circumstance? Well, I mean, you can use it where grease is supposed to be used. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, why wouldn't you want to use grease at the bottom bracket? Um, because you want a retention compound, and grease is going to lower the friction, where you want to increase the friction. Gotcha. So, uh, we're, okay. so, if you, so let's say the bearings are not perfectly lined up center to center, and you use grease, and it's a looser fit. It's going to exacerbate yes. the lateral... Or the, the up and down movement. It will. Okay. Gotcha. It's going to cause that shell to spin inside the, or the bottom bracket to spin inside the frame. Because it has lower friction. Because it has lower friction. Gotcha. So retaining compound ups the friction. Ups the friction. Cool. Um, so don't use grease. No. And the way grease, people think it kind of works is because it's kind of thick. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of fill some of those surface irregularities. So it at works. Least, at least immediately when you go to install it, right? It does. So it like kind of, you know, it's like putting it in jelly. It's going to like fill all those little gaps. 
I don't know why I use jelly. Sorry, jam. Um, Jello. Yeah. It is holiday season. Jello molds are coming from Midwesterners. I guess it is holiday season. I thought you were jumping the gun on that one. Uh, It's post Halloween. You're very excited. Uh, You know that. Um, It's pie time. So that's why people think Grease is okay, and it's and it's not. So they have all this. Like Loctite has an entire ten-page manual about selecting the right compound, and it's pretty simple. I mean, the Park Tool one looks great. I've never used it. You do if you are using it on a carbon bike. They have um, a primer you have to use, and what that does, it helps. From my understanding, from reading the material safety data sheets, it looks like it's an activator, mm-hmm. and it helps cure faster. But it also they also say. It must also act as a bonding agent, mm-hmm. you know, because I was also reading that it's good between stainless steel and aluminum. And if you just use the regular compound, that's only good for like metal to metal. So even if you have a press fit steel bike, which there are plenty, you know, retention compound is still probably a good idea. Yeah, rather than grease. Yeah, yeah. The hard part, and I think the biggest fear in all of this from us or probably from a manufacturer, it's very easy to get these stuck in the bikes. Loctite. It warned to use the primer for that reason. They did. Otherwise, you can permanently bond parts together. Yeah, and you have to be... And they even say to break the bonds, you need heat. Yeah, and we all know you can't go bring a blowtorch to your carbon bike. No. Definitely definitely not. not. No, that will definitely void your warranty. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You'll be submitting a repair request on Monday if you do that. (laughs) Over here for you. So that's my only fear, because the actual bottom bracket surface area when you you know look at the depth of the shell which is around 10 millimeters generally times the circumference that's a lot of surface area like that's a lot of things to bond together so you kind of have to like don't if you're going to use it use it i would say sparingly like a tiny 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 amount because yet again i've seen how many bikes have we seen where the shell the frame gets damaged when they're trying to remove a stuck bottom bracket shell and they just wail on it with a hammer that we've seen that with bottom brackets and seat posts. Oh yeah. I mean, a, speaking of a, a lot of surface area, seat posts has a, shoot, a lot, huge amount. Yeah. So if you are going to, do you have the do you have the actual numbers on what Loctites those were? They were recommended. Yeah, I do. Um, let me pull them up here. You can hear my clicking. But I have a lot of good. We're live researching here. Well, no, I pre-researched. Well, I have all the tabs open. Live investigating. Um, it's like six eighty. Um, or yet again, you know, it's, go get the park stuff. It's about the same price within $1. Um, it's available for probably any bike shop can get it for you. The adhesive primer is kind of expensive. They have that listed at 30 bucks. But, you know, this is one of those things that's probably, I don't know, probably goes a long way. I can't imagine you would get rid of use it very fast. No, you don't. But a few things, a few notes I grabbed from the Loctite webpage is that retaining compounds are anaerobic adhesives. And what they do is they help fill the inner spaces between components and they cure to form a strong precision assembly. They are widely accepted as a standard method for assembling press and slip fitted parts. So yet again, they have a great document for this. Here's another statement is traditional interference fits generate strength solely from the contact of the surface peaks, an area that represents only 15% of the joint surface area. Liquid retaining compounds fill the surface irregularities and clearance gaps between these parts. It then cures to create a very dense and high strength adhesive bond that increases the joint strength and achieves and achieves maximum load transmission. This is generally for shafts, drive shafts. The cured resin increases the area of surface contact to 100%. 
So the distribution of stresses and joint reliability are improved and part life is increased. Yet again, this is for shafts. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's for rotating things. The cool thing is Loctite has a bunch of new compounds that are great at still curing and adhering with grease and oil and kind of nasty environments, like a bottom bracket. Talk about a nasty area. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. I, yet again, I've never used them. I've never had a reason to. I haven't either. You know, I think I kind of want to get some in, give them a try. Probably just order the park ones. It's, you know. Yeah. So to answer your question there, Sam, I mean, go try these out. We don't, we can't actually make recommendations because we asked everybody here and nobody has, has had to do this on their bottom bracket. No. So we don't know. We can't actually make that recommendation in all honesty from what Sean's researched and, and, and talked to me about when you're, when we were talking off air I mean, it seems like it's it is made for this type of application. Yeah. It so it seems great. like it w- it would work great. Um, but you know, definitely don't use grease. Not no. on your bottom. Not on no. your bottom bracket. We don't recommend that. So definitely don't go do that. But yeah, if you want to try that Loctite 680 or the Park Tool stuff, go for it. This is what it's designed to do. Uh, Park has a video about the application and the several types as well so yeah like we were saying make sure when you use this loctite make sure that you are not using too much no it's clear that park is already having this conversation that loctite can be used on press fit situations so don't use too much the other thing that we need to say too is as we were saying is towards the beginning of the episode or maybe off air at this point i'm not sure check your bike for other creeks first before you just automatically assume that it's going to be your bottom bracket Seat posts can creak. Saddles can creak. Sean's rear axle was creaking, yeah. right? So don't just ass- don't just assume automatically that it is your bottom bracket that's that's doing that. Um, make sure everything is clean. Cleanliness can also be an issue if you're power washing your bike and spraying a bunch of crud into your bottom bracket. That's going to make it creak as well. Yeah. So make sure everything's clean. Make sure you're taking care of stuff. Find your other creaks before you go and rip apart your bike. When you actually go to apply your Loctite. Don't use too much. Make sure you get the primer. Don't skimp out on that. Don't get anything stuck in your bike. Other than that... Otherwise, you'll need us. Yeah. Otherwise, you will definitely need us. Yeah. Now, you just get to listen and enjoy and experiment. But yeah. We don't... Yeah. So, make sure you use just the right amount. So, that's all we have for you all today. Thank you to Sam and Dan for excellent questions. Yeah, great ones. Yeah. Uh, glad we got to combine them into one episode. You guys Vulcan mind linked a little bit in sending us the same question at the same time. So thank you for doing that. If everybody's liked this episode, please go on to iTunes. Give us a five star or an honest rating. Let us know what you think about the new sound. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we sound good. We sound much better. We sound good. That's We're in, we're in studio now, though. We we're to, in studio. We get to say that. That's true. We didn't turn on the recording light, though. Oh, we need to do that. Yeah, we keep forgetting. Yeah, we should install a backup camera up there, too, just to see who's knocking. Um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, also feel free to submit them to us directly over email. You can get those through our website or using the hashtag Carbon Query on any social media. We'll find you. We'll find you. We do love answering your questions. We've gotten a lot of good ones recently, so do please keep them coming. Yeah, this is great. I love the show. Yeah, it's awesome. I would give it five stars. I already have. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Enjoy, and we will see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Carbon Queries. If you've liked this episode, please go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star 
or an honest rating. If you have a question to submit, please submit it on any social channel using the hashtag CarbonQueries or send us directly to email. We'll be back with y'all next week.